Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. As a church, we are in what could be called a visionary season. At the beginning of every year, we press into God for a word or an idea that we can align our lives to. We know the vision God has given us as a church, but this is more about our focus. What are we focusing on this year? What are we wanting to press in to allow to define us? Uh, What can we focus on this year to move us towards the mission, vision, and values that God has for us? And this year, uh, if you don't know, Liberty Church, uh, regardless of where you are in the world, as a church here in South Africa and in Kenya and in England, uh, we believe that God's called us to focus in about to the King and His kingdom. So today I want to simply ask, what does it mean to live for a king? And, and, and so this is the question, how do we live with the king in mind? More on that in a moment. If you are new to our podcast, as always, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us and to everyone else who tunes in every single week. As far as possible, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And uh, the point of this podcast is just for us to grab a cup of coffee or tea, uh, something to drink. Perhaps you can listen to this on your way to work, dropping the kids off or in gym, wherever it is. And let's just spend 10, 15 minutes together speaking about something anything that may help us become more like Jesus. So if you haven't yet, please can I ask you subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you find yourself, and let's dive into today's session. The reason I want to tackle what I'm talking about today is for two reasons. The first is that for many of us, the idea of being ruled by a king seems quite foreign or antiquated. Even in the countries where there is still a monarchy, there is still a king or a queen, for many, it's more about the tradition, uh, more about a symbol, than actually submitting to a single person's rule and reign. The other idea that I think we need to kind of speak into is we have a history littered with warnings about what happens when one person or family with authority goes off the rails. And so it's difficult to navigate what living with the king in mind means today because it's such a a, a historic thing or a symbolic thing mainly. And equally, there's so many warnings about what happens when a person becomes a monarch. So I say all this because we either have a natural distrust of the whole idea or we have a natural distance from the idea. It's not something close to us. And if we do think about it, if we do allow it to get close, do we distrust it? So the thing is, though, even while these things are true, I mean, it's true that we have a history littered, it's true that monarchy seems foreign to us, but we serve Jesus. And the truth of the gospel is that Jesus is king and he has a kingdom. He came to usher in that kingdom that displays the glory of God. And so right now, what I want to do is just simply download a couple of thoughts on how to live with a king in mind for you and I perhaps who don't live with a king in the natural, and perhaps who have a natural distrust towards authority. Number one, if we are living with the king in mind, it has to all be about him. Number one, it's about him. The first thing about living with a king in mind is understanding it is all about him. The king is the main character in the story, in every story. And even in our stories, we are not the focal point. He is. Everything is about him and his glory. Paul puts it this way in Romans 11, verse 36. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. To him are all things. Everything exists from him, exists through him, and are to him. 
Everything. Every single thing in existence. And that includes you and I. In other words, Jesus is the author of all, the sustainer of all, and the point of it all. And this is true for every single atom, every single star, every galaxy, every plant, every mammal and reptile. And ultimately, this is true for you and me. Our lives are from him. We live them through him and our lives are for him. When we want to know our purpose, what our purpose is in this world, our purpose is him. Our purpose is Jesus. When we live with the king in mind, everything becomes about him. The job you do is about him. The relationships you have are about him. Your kids are about him. Every star and atom, every creature and flower, every emotion and thought are all about him. All of creation culminates in his wedding ceremony. Or the, the, everything you know and see now, its purpose is that wedding ceremony. I know this is hard to digest because we all like to think we are our main characters in our story. Society has fed us this, this lie that, that it's all about me. What am I doing to make myself happy? And it's, it's a world, it's a culture built on self-gratification, self-idolization. And yet when we live with a king in mind, we have to put those things aside. We have to almost take off those lenses and put on brand new lenses. And one of the most difficult things for any person to do is change how they see the world. And so right now, if you see the world as being about you, your life is about you, your, everything's about you, we actually need to take those lenses off and put on lenses where we understand it's all about Jesus. And this takes us to point number two. So if point number one is it's all about him, point number two is he then gets all of me. He then gets all of me. If Jesus is the king, then not only is everything about him, but he gets me in my life. He gets to use it as he sees fit, not as what makes me comfortable or what makes sense to me. Again, in Romans, let's dive. It says, Romans 12 verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In other words, let's paint this picture. If there was a throne in our hearts, let's, let's say that in the depths of who we are, where our will and emotions, where our thoughts and imagination all come together, if there was a throne there, who gets to occupy that throne? And this is one of the fundamental questions of salvation, right? It's a decision to allow Jesus to not just save me from my sin, but he gets to lead my life. He gets to occupy the throne of my will and emotions, my thoughts and imagination. He gets the final say on what I think, what I feel, what I say, and what I do. The problem is, um, and, and, and you, th- this might be cool at the beginning. We can say, Jesus, take the throne of our hearts. And, and initially we, we were excited and we grow in our discipleship. But then the king of our hearts begins calling us to do things that are uncomfortable in our flesh. Perhaps he calls us to do things that are illogical to our reason. He says something crazy like, love your enemies. And we're like, Jesus, I don't know. I know you're on the throne of my heart, but that's, that doesn't make sense to me. He says, be the kind of generous that makes others take notice. Je- okay, Jesus. He says things like lust is the same as adultery. Anger is the same as murder. And what happens is the more and more we meditate on these crazy verses that the Lord of our heart is telling us, what we try to do is we sl- slowly but surely slide back onto the throne of our hearts, inch by inch. And we say things like, God, you can reign in every area, perhaps except my finances. Or God, you can reign in every area except my relationships. You can reign in every area except, and the more we make those exceptions, the more we push Jesus off the throne 
of our heart. You might say, Jesus, you can have every area. You can even be in my relationships. But Jesus, I don't know if I can stay pure. That, that's so outdated. Here's the thing, though, about living with the king in mind. He gets me. He gets all of me. He gets the throne of my life. He gets my absolute obedience, even if it doesn't make sense in my limited thinking, even if it's not comfortable to my flesh, even if it seems crazy. The king reigns on his throne, and his throne is on our, in our hearts by the presence of the Spirit. And this brings again to our third point, which is that we are citizens of his kingdom. If we live with a king in mind, we need to understand that we are citizens of his kingdom. And that means we submit to his rule and reign, and, and it, but it's so much more than that. We then live from a kingdom of light and truth and grace. That's what the kingdom of God is, right? What the kingdom is will define the kind of life we live, even when it feels like we are on foreign ground. 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul writes this, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are called to be ambassadors of this kingdom of light, of truth, of grace, of peace, of joy. And when an ambassador from one country goes and stays in another country, the place they live in and work in is acknowledged to be territory of their sending country. The American embassy in South Africa is technically American territory. They might be living in a foreign nation, but they are still citizens of their sending nation. And their job is to represent that sending nation to this new nation, to other people. This is important because ambassadors are not subject to the laws of the nation they are in. They are subject to the laws of their own country. We so often hear about things like diplomatic immunity in movies, but it simply means even though physically they are in a nation, they might not be subject to that nation's laws. As an ambassador of Christ, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are here to represent the king and his kingdom to the world. Where we go and stay and work is holy ground. Think about that for a moment. Everywhere you place your foot, that belongs to God. That becomes holy ground. It becomes kingdom ground. And that ground and who we are on that ground are not subject to this, to this world in the same way as everyone else is. Yes, we go through the same stuff as everyone else, but we are not citizens of this world. We are citizens of the kingdom of light. This also means that the kingdom of darkness and the world of flesh have no authority over us. They have no legal right to make a claim on us or to accuse us or to get access to us. They might oppress us, they might come against us, but they have no right over us. Living with the kingdom in mind means remembering who we represent and whose authority we are under. And again, this brings me to my last point. Living with a king in mind, we serve and live and work in his name. This is not just a platitude we attach to the end of grace before a meal. You know that Jesus bless the uh, God bless the food in Jesus' name. But the name of Jesus is the authority we live and have our being under. We operate under his name for his glory. And that means we carry a certain authority as well. Nehemiah is such a great picture of this. In Nehemiah 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, we know that the leading up to this, he's heard about Jerusalem, he's heard about the disgrace, he, he goes to the king, makes his request, and then it says this, when he finally gets to Jerusalem in verse 9, Then I came to the governors of the promise, be, uh, province beyond the river, Jerusalem, and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent me with officers of the army and horsemen. Think about this. When Nehemiah went back to Israel, when he went back to Judah and Jerusalem, he went with two things. He went with the king's word and the king's force. When we live under the name of Jesus, everywhere we go, we carry his word with us and we carry his power 
with us. There is never a situation you have to face apart from the word and the will of heaven. Every situation you go into, every conflict you navigate, every relationship you are managing, every tension that is coming across your path right now, we need to know as citizens of the kingdom of light, in every situation we have his word and we have heaven's uh, resources behind us. And so let's end this off. When we live with the king in mind, number one, it's all about him. He is the main character. Number two, he gets all of me. He gets my throne. He gets my will. He gets my desire above our ability to reason. Number three, we are his citizens. We are citizens of his kingdom. And number four, we operate in his name. I want to encourage you, being a citizen of this kingdom is the greatest thing you can do with your one and only life. There is no one else. There is nothing else that can give you meaning and purpose like the king and his kingdom. There is nothing better to live and invest your life into than the king and his kingdom because these are eternal things. These are things with eternal value. And so today my prayer for you is that you would know it's all about him. You would know that he gets all of you. You would know and understand that you are a citizen of his kingdom and that everything we do, everything we face is in his name. I hope this has encouraged you and blessed you. Have an amazing week, everybody, and we will see you next week, same time, same place. 